Shane Claiborne is a well-known Christian speaker and activist. And he tells this great story from his time in India working with Mother Teresa. Shane said, we would throw these street parties for the kids who were beggars on the street. One day it was the birthday of a kid I had grown really close to. It was about 100 degrees outside, and so I'm thinking, what should I get him for his birthday? And then I thought, what's better than an ice cream cone? So I got this kid an ice cream cone, and I took it to him. I had no idea if he had ever had ice cream before, because he just stared at it. And then he began shaking with excitement. And then he started yelling to the other kids, we've got ice cream. Everybody gets a lick. And so he lined up all the kids. And then he went down the line saying, your turn, your turn, your turn. And then he finally comes back full circle to Shane and he says, Shane, you get a lick as well. well. What do you do at that point? Shane said, I've got this whole spit phobia thing going on. So I kind of faked a lick and said, mmm, that's so good. But that kid knew a secret. His immediate response was, this is so good, I can't keep it for myself. He knew the joy of sharing together. And realizing that the good things in life, ice cream included, are too good to keep just for ourselves. Well, over the last four weeks, we've been talking about some spiritual practices and rhythms that can keep us connected to Jesus and growing in our faith. Practices like scripture, silence and solitude, and fasting. And today we're going to wrap up our series by talking about the gift of community. Sharing and doing life together as a family and a faith community here on campus. The reality is that we have been given so much as followers of Jesus, and it's just too good to keep to ourselves. How can we live life and grow in our faith? Well, one of the biggest ways that we can do this is by doing it together. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25 says, let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Well, this morning we're going to spend some time in my favorite part of the Bible, in fact, the book of Acts. And we're going to camp out in chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is the story of a young church in action. And it gives us this fascinating picture of those first Jesus followers who are just beginning to take some baby steps together, trying to figure stuff out, trying to figure out what it means to be the church, this community of faith that meets in a particular location. It's messy, it's challenging, and it's exciting. And the stories that come from the early days of the church end up changing our world. And so when we pick up the story in chapter 2, verse 41, a lot has already happened. The Holy Spirit has dramatically come upon this group and filled those first disciples. 3,000 people become Jesus followers in a single day. And now in the last seven verses of this chapter, the church begins to respond to what's happened. And here's what it says. And I want to read this morning from the message paraphrase. It says, that day... 
the day of Pentecost, about 3,000 were baptized and were signed up. Or you could say they went all in, committing themselves fully to Jesus in their new faith. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe, all of these wonders and signs done through the apostles, and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's needs were met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were being saved. I always get so inspired and stirred up when I read this part of the story. And begin imagining what it must have been like seeing God at work daily in such a dramatic, tangible way. Seeing these followers grow in their relationship with Jesus and each other, they began living out their faith in incredible, impacting, loving, generous ways. Not keeping it to themselves, but sharing and inviting others to experience it for themselves as well. Kind of like a spiritual ice cream cone. Look at how this new community of Jesus followers is defined. They were a community gathered together and focused on Jesus. They were a community filled with intentional relationships with one another, no matter their situations or backgrounds or differences. They're a community defined by great celebration and joy, a community of power where God was at work in their lives a community that was shaped by generosity and a community that was outward focused in its actions. And the result of this community, it becomes unstoppable. God added daily to this community of believers and the church kept on growing and influencing and impacting those around them. I wonder what would happen here at UBC if we became that type of community. If we really began to live from that place of community, growing and learning together, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in new ways. And so here's a question I want us to lean into today as we look a bit closer at this Acts 2 story. And it's my prayer that this will become an invitation from the Holy Spirit into each of our lives. The question almost seems too simple. And here it is. What does this mean for us today? What can this story about this community look like in my life and in our lives together? How do we incorporate this spiritual practice and rhythm of community into our lives? Well, let's start with verse 42. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. First thing they were committed was to learning and growing together. These followers immersed themselves in studying and learning and hearing God's specific word for them in their lives. The word used here for commitment is insightful. It means giving an intense effort towards something. It means being proactive, fully engaged, not passive, not sitting back, watching but jumping in and staying committed to the process of growing and developing in faith. It means asking questions together, 
wrestling through specific issues and situations, perhaps being challenged about an old way of thinking, learning and discovering how faith can connect to our lives and the lives of those around us. And so what does this mean for me and for us as a community? Well, as we heard about earlier in the series, maybe the first step is just picking up our Bibles and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I will say this, it's one thing to read the Bible. It's another for the Bible to start reading us. That's why our regular Sunday gatherings are so important. That's why we want to encourage all of us to be here, to come consistently, be a part of this time together because we can learn together and explore God's word together and create that regular space and time and place for God to speak directly into our lives and our situations together as a community. I know that we are all very busy, especially here at UBC. I know we're all tired and that just gets more and more as the semester goes on. And there are those moments, me included, where it's just easier to pull back or sleep in or disengage. And I say all that not to make us feel guilty, but simply to acknowledge that it's easy to let that part slip in our rhythms, in our lives. And yet we are invited to be together in this rhythm called community in order to encourage each other and to walk alongside each other. And as we do that, something is going to happen. So we begin to change and grow and be encouraged and get filled up together. It also begins spilling over into the lives of those around us. It's going to give us the opportunity to begin sharing what is happening within us and then inviting others to have a turn and to experience it for themselves as well. Michelle mentioned it already, life groups. And the different Christian clubs here on, and student clubs here on campus are a great way to build community, to gather in an intentional, regular way where we can come and ask questions and share our experiences and pray for each other and encourage each other and build community and relationship together. But it doesn't just happen. We have to give intentional effort and time towards it. Many of you will remember Laura. She was a part of our 10th UBC community and uh, was on our welcoming team, our volunteer team for the last few years. She graduated last year and is now studying law in Ottawa. And I want to read you something that Laura wrote about her experience in this community, because I think it expresses so well what we want our 10th UBC community to be. Here's what she says. 10th UBC has been a place where I've been able to grow so much in my faith. I found that my university years were a huge challenge to my faith, away from home for the first time, and absent the Christian guidance from my parents. I was confronted with the decision of how I wanted to know Jesus. Being the case for many students in the midst of transition, 10th UBC undoubtedly provides a place of support for the blossoming of faith. For me, my life group was the best way that I found community at 10th. Together with students and my incredible life group leaders, shout out to Tony and Bonnie, and share testimonies, thoughts, prayers, questions, and even doubts was an amazing experience. I found myself having some of my most vulnerable moments of my faith journey in life group. I am truly grateful for the support and growth I got from it and the lifelong friendships that I know I'll have. 
The people, leaders, and experiences I witnessed at 10th UBC also led me to my decision to get baptized. 10th baptisms are so moving, and I feel so blessed to have been surrounded by such a supportive community to take this step in my faith. Beautiful experience that she had, and as we continue to talk with people, we know that that is an experience we want to see continue to be repeated over and over and over again. But it takes that intentional commitment and giving an effort towards. And so if you are interested in, for example, getting involved in a life group, please come and talk to me afterwards. I'd love to be able to make those connections. And then Peter shared this morning about Alpha and the opportunity that we have to walk alongside people who are new to faith and just beginning their spiritual journey. Here's one practical thing. What would it look like if you were to commit and engage the next eight weeks to something like Alpha? I guarantee you it will begin changing your life because it's going to make an impact here on campus. Moving along quickly, we read that the early church community was committed to praying together. They had this strong awareness that God was working among them. And they realized they were powerless without the constant filling and constant presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Prayer reminds us that we don't have it all together. That we need Jesus at the center of our lives because he is the one who holds all things together. I love how Pastor Jim Cimbala says it. He said, God is attracted to weakness. He can't resist those who are humbly and honestly admit how desperately that they need him. That rings so true, doesn't it? And that should be an encouragement for each of us because I would dare say, me included, that our prayer lives a lot of times aren't what they should be. And yet God says the starting point is when we say how desperate we are for him to move and to do something among us. I think that's one of the secrets of the early church's success and influence and impact because they prayed together. They gave this intense effort towards prayer. And when they did, things began to happen. The church, the community became unstoppable. And so back to the question, what does this mean for us today? We need to pray. We need to find opportunities to come together as a community to pray together. I'm grateful. Kay, why don't you just slip your hand up quickly? Grateful for Kay and her prayer team for starting a prayer ministry here on Sundays at UBC. We now have opportunities to gather and pray before our service, as well as having our prayer team available after the service. And I want to encourage you and invite you to come and to be a part of that. Let's pray as a community together. I think it's a great starting point. I honestly think it's beginning to change the atmosphere here in our services. I think there are also opportunities to grab a few people, go for a prayer walk around campus, meet in a coffee shop, or meet together in one of the res. Ask the Holy Spirit to create new opportunities, to birth ideas and actions to open up conversations that will impact students and faculty and families and neighborhoods here on our campus. Praying together as a community changed the early church and it can change us today. Here's just one more thing that the early church discovered as a community. They lived from a place of generosity 
and hospitality. It was a spiritual rhythm and practice that they did together. Look at verse 43. It says, everyone around was in awe, all of these wonders and signs being done, and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned, and they pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. In so many of the verses that we read today, a number of similar phrases keep popping up. Living life together, living in wonderful harmony, celebration, exuberance, joy. The early church was excited to be together because they genuinely loved and cared for each other. One of the words used to describe what was happening is a Greek word called koinonia. And it simply means to share in. It was this beautiful and welcoming invitation to others that you belong here. You can become part of our family and community. And they created environments where people actually experienced the reality that they could belong. They practiced hospitality. They shared meals together. They invited each other into their homes and lives. They saw needs, and then they began meeting those needs. They shared resources with each other. They lived generous lives. They each gave and contributed what they could, what was in their own hands and capacity. And all of those things began to breathe life and joy and excitement and unity into their community. They were sharing in the common life together, common community, this sense of deep relationship and togetherness. They cared for each other. They served each other. They stuck together. And it wasn't perfect. And they didn't get right all of the time. But in the midst of their own messiness came this beautiful demonstration of love and joy and celebration for what God was doing in their midst. And it began to impact those who saw it and experienced it, and it drew people in. People began to be won over to this Jesus who they saw being lived out by ordinary people who had this extraordinary love and compassion and generosity. I love how Shane Claiborne writes it. He said, the gospel spreads best, not through force, but through fascination. That's so good. What would it be like to be a community that fascinates people and makes them curious and makes them hunger and want to come and be a part of it? And so here's the question we need to ask ourselves once again. What does this mean for us today at UBC? What does generosity and hospitality look like in our community How will we use our resources, our time, our finances, our giftings in this community? For some, maybe it's starting with five bucks on our tap machine in the lobby. Or maybe it's contributing a food item to our pantry. That might be a huge step for some of us, but let's start somewhere. Maybe it's volunteering with our kids or our youth ministries, giving some of your own time, giving some of your own story and experiences to invest into the lives of others. Maybe it's volunteering at the Acadia Food Hub on Thursdays or walking alongside our newcomers and refugees to Canada. But let's start to wrestle 
and to discern that question as a community. What can I contribute from what God's given to me? What can I do to make others feel like they belong? Who can I bring into this community of faith? Let me close with this. Verse 47. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. The early church had this deep understanding and awareness that God was doing something very special among them. And God began adding to their numbers. He was shaping them. He was working in them. He was using them to impact and to reach others. It's been said that the church is a community of blessing. Community of blessing so that it can bless the world. Those around us. Living in community, being shaped and formed by community is a spiritual practice and a rhythm and action that is just as important today as it was in those first days of the forming church. And as that community of faith committed to learning together and praying together and living generous and hospitable lives, it spilled over in extraordinary ways. They were filled with such joy and power and excitement that they couldn't help but invite others to experience it as well. And just like that little boy couldn't help but offer a lick of his ice cream because it was just too good not to share. We're called to do the same. To be a place and a community and a family that invites everyone around us to come and to share this experience with us because it's just too good to keep to ourselves. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that we would take this question today of what does it mean? And that as we leave the doors of this place and walk back into our own homes and places this week, may you challenge us with that question. May you stretch us and dare us with that question of what does it mean to be committed to community, to give effort towards, to be people of prayer, to be people of generosity and hospitality, to be people who live lives of fascination and curiosity that others will be drawn in. I pray that as a community, we would learn and grow together, that as a community, we would know and experience your presence, your power, your movement of the Holy Spirit among us. Jesus, we don't want to come just on a Sunday or a Wednesday evening and just sit around, but we want to be a community that is being transformed by your love and your spirit. And so I pray that even in these coming days and weeks that we would be a community that is being transformed, that we'd be a community like this early church that experienced the power and touch of your Holy Spirit upon our lives, that we would see people added daily, that we would see miracles and healings and transformation of lives. May your love come upon us and fill us and shape us in new ways because we all have something to contribute. We all have something to give because we have all been impacted and touched by you. And so I pray that we would become a community known for its love, known for its relationships, known 
that despite the fact that we don't have it together, we also have something so good that we can't keep it to ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.